CHP Radio on the Hackers Paradise Podcast Network, your number one source for all things golf. Subscribe on iTunes to never miss an episode. And welcome back, you golfing legends, to another episode of the original Off Course. I'm your host, Dan Edwards, and joining me this week for, I believe, his second time on the show is Mr. Chris Much. Some folks might know him as the ass cap of the granddaddy. Some people might know him as much more 18 on the forum. Either way, he's my homie, and he's here to talk golf. What's up, buddy? Hey, buddy. <laughs> well, it's too bad we're not very good friends, so this will be a challenging show. The worst friends. You know, I haven't seen your golf game since, what, midsummer now, I think? It wasn't even summer. I was over there early May. Pre-summer? Yeah, pre-summer. Like uh, we... a month into my season. Okay. So how did it progress? Uh, well, you saved my life. That's how it started. Uh, and then I got better after we got back from Bally Hack. The driver was actually one of the strengths for me this year, which it hasn't been for a long, long time. Uh, irons were a bit of an issue, bit of the mid season. Uh, we were struggling with that on the range a little bit when I was with you and, and Grant. Uh, but I got a little bit better at that. Wedges were awesome and putter was pretty dialed until like the last two weeks or so after they punched the greens and I just can't get a feel for it. So, so naturally putter ponding it, putter pondering is in full effect. Well, yeah, we get to learn about new stuff in like two months. So of course it is. Well, you said I saved your life. What in the world does that mean? I, I don't remember any buses about to run you over. Buses weren't running me over, but my mind was running myself over. <laughs> I had a huge body alignment issue and you pointed it out in like two seconds. And it changed my driver game for the better this year. So you play golf in Montana. That is correct. Do they have... Um like professionals there who offer lessons and lesson programs or anything like that? They do, but none of them that I would trust to pay <laughs> at least yeah. where I am. I'm sure there's like in Bozeman or Billings where there's like pretty big private clubs. Uh, there'd be people that would be worth it, but somewhere here, like my home course is a Muni. I wouldn't, I don't care to pay anybody to look at my swing. So you didn't pay me either for the record. We're just I paid you with friendship and drinks. <laughs> drinks at my house that I paid for. <laughs> hey, I shared them with you. I love this. This is great. Um, it's always an interesting conversation because I've paid for lessons recently uh, and, and didn't feel like I got enough out of them to repeat it. Uh, I, I would imagine that it has a lot to do with finding the right person or having that one strike of genius moment where you both connect logically on a, on a swing thought and, and um, you know, things actually get better. I feel like for a lot of us, while we chase it, there there's a very significant issue between finding a lesson and gaining from a lesson. Um, so in your case, you felt like there was enough motivation throughout the year to not pursue it. It, it felt like a more of a positive season than a, a downward season. Yeah, I'd say so. But another issue I have with, with lessons and stuff is like on the forum, the Hackers Paradise forum um, that we're both a part of, um, on there, people always talk about like swing faults and how to fix them. And I, I can't wrap my hand, head around what they're trying to tell me through like text. I need to be able to see something like that. And when you 
like remember when you put those two t's down like outside or inside out for mm -hmm. me to swing that that's kind of all i needed to see i didn't need to to hear about how to hinge my wrist or transfer my weight or anything i just needed something simple like that and i don't feel like at least here paying for somebody to tell me that would be worth it <laughs> okay yeah i mean everyone every, yeah everyone learns differently and what i think is fascinating and and a lot of people i guess tend to throw away and the fact that we're all incredibly unique individuals is there's no really wrong way there, there's a lot of ways to make things more challenging in a golf swing but there's really no wrong takeaway assuming that you put it in the right place coming back and and i understand the idea like well yeah dan but if you go way inside on the takeaway it's really hard to you know stay underneath the plane coming back through sure you're not wrong it, it definitely does make things harder but a lot of guys figure out a way to manipulate their body then get into the right spot so you know i i like to look at it as if, if you can't do this and like let's get to that part of your swing where you actually can and then you know change just a little bit uh and see if we can slowly get there i think that's what i was doing a little bit with my game we had talked a lot about it you saw some very interesting driver swings um, <laughs> i saw one of the best driver swings of all time from you on was it with trip. a one iron <laughs> no it was with a driver and no we're done yep that's okay. more than enough out of that. <laughs> uh, actually, it, it is on the up and up recently. It, it seems to be a couple things connecting. Uh, some hips moving a little bit more than they probably have in a year or two, which is good with a driver. I've heard that that helps a lot put it in the right place as you drive through the zone. Uh, definitely not leaning back while trying to make contact. <laughs> so <laughs> so that, that's been an interesting adventure. But, uh, but yeah, I, I was more curious about how the season continued for you because eventually you get to the point where you're, you're running out of uh daylight you're running out of good weather i know in montana it, it probably is coming to that point of the season where you start to think about alternative things to entertain you is that fair yeah we have i just checked the weather report this week and we have snow next week so my golf season is is unfortunately winding down so that's a word we don't actually allow on the show before november so uh, editor, you, if you don't mind cutting that out, you brought great. me on, Dan. This is your fault. <laughs> yeah, snow is a scary, scary word. That's crazy, man. Did, are there are there days in that climate where you see enough snow you can still go out and really consider playing golf, or is it like you hit a wall? Uh, so for us, our course closes uh, October thirty first. Like they take the pins off the greens. Oh, full close. Okay. Yeah, full close. And they put temporary pins just in the fairway. So I can, if if there's no snow and it warms up to like 42, 45 or something, I could go play in November, but it's not worth it to me. Like okay. there is, I'm not getting anything out of it besides a driver that goes like 330 yards because it hits a frozen piece of grass. <laughs> and then I can't, I can't hit a proper wedge either. <laughs> So have you ever thought about joining the the garage sim crew, a bunch of guys who, you know, play in, indoors and, and make it last throughout the year? Oh, I've, I've thought about it every single year, but our house doesn't have a room where I could set one up inside. And obviously everybody likes banging driver in the garage, at least. And our garage isn't big enough to allow a full swing like that. I could, I could go irons and wedges just to stay dialed all winter, but 
our garage isn't heated either. So that would also <laughs> suck. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, Hawk was putting something up interesting on the, the homepage this morning, talking about swing access and, you know, the amount of improvement that's going on in that sector of golf is impressive. Uh, it's made me reconsider how cold my garage gets every winter, but <laughs> you know, I, I think I'm still quite a ways away from actually joining that. We, we have some good alternatives here locally for um, winter play, but I, I don't think it's as dire as it is there with the frozen tundra you play on. So, yeah, <laughs> but you do have something to look forward to because here in December, you will be the assistant captain um, of the granddaddy of them all. The 10th granddaddy put on by Callaway and THP. It's been a couple of years since you played in it. Two years. Yep. Uh, what's it been like getting the call to go back and, and slowly building up your team and gearing up for this experience of a lifetime again, now with a lot more control. Uh, so starting with the call to go back, that was the Thursday night they were coming back from, uh, Palm Springs or La Quinta. Um, and I was just laying in bed cause I, I followed that thread from beginning to end. I didn't miss a single post. I had over like 950 posts in that thread overall. Um, and it, it hit me. I was an emotional wreck for like a solid 25, 30 minutes. I was literally just staring at my computer and I, I couldn't believe that, uh, JB posted, Oh, by the way, much more, you're coming back. It was, it was pretty surreal to be honest. Cause I didn't think like that would ever happen regardless of like my presence on the forum or, or anything. I just, you don't assume that you're the one that's going to get the call to go back. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. Yeah, for sure. Um, but the other part of it is you, not only have you been involved in the granddaddy, but also the, the event as it played played out last year but you're still very invested in uh cali equipment uh to the point where you still have lots of it in the bag and you're still very much invested in their success and, and curious about their new their new output has that played a bit of a role in the excitement for you like being able to see what's coming next mm -hmm. or yeah yeah i, I mean, mean all absolutely. of it really absolutely um so first full bag fitting ever was actually first fitting in general was at the granddaddy in 21. Um, so I, I gave all those clubs. The only reason I switched out of my rogue ST driver was to get paradigm in the bag. And then I switched out a couple wedges that were custom for, um, our budget championship that me and grant went to or Xthor as the forum knows him. Um, but other than that, I haven't switched out anything in the bag and being able to, being able to kind of talk to the guys throughout the year about what to expect and how freaking cool it is that we're some of the first people to see and even swing these clubs. It's, it's pretty special and it's absolutely a factor in how excited I am. Nice. <clears throat> so yeah, the, the team got built up over the year and we had a fair few chats about the granddaddy and, and how it's changed in the six or seven years since I've been there and, made some jokes about how fun it would be to go back together. And eventually the, the team was filled and I wasn't on it, which, you know, no big deal. And then, you know, within a half hour, suddenly we had two more teammates and one of them happened to be me. So that was interesting. 
Yeah, that was probably a bigger shock to you than it was to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was very, very interesting. Sitting there listening to the worst golf podcast, WGP, and uh, getting that name called for the second time. Far, far more surprising, I think, this time than the last time for some <laughs> reason. Uh, but, you know, it, it starts that flood of emotions in there where it's like, you know, let's let's go get it. The, the difference for me this year, and, and you kind of laughed at me is the team's kind of built and you know coming in late it's this weird like all right i gotta get caught up gotta get to know some people and man it it, it is a different feeling getting in at the end as opposed to the start because the last time i was a captain so to probably first realistically first person named and you know go through those the that whole experience prior to and now it's just like hey by the way, in, in two months, you're going to go and have the time of your life again. <laughs> yeah. So, so that was kind of curious. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I feel like the team has a lot of variety. We have some really skilled players. It seems like some big hitters, um, some big personalities. <laughs> <laughs> you laugh knowing that, uh, it is a bit of a, a, a gong show in there sometimes, but you know, I, I like the makeup of this team. I think it's primed to have an extreme level of fun. And from what I understand, a lot of the guys recognize that the forum's in this with us, uh, the community's in this with us. So the more we do, the more fun we have both during and after when we get to go read back in the madness. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that that was one of the main things I, I pushed all year, every time. Uh, cause Matt, our captain Maynard M Maynard 11, he, he was the third person on the team actually. Like it was me and Brindam, uh, the first two. So it was kind of like introducing Matt to what I felt like our philosophy should be. And then he completely kind of rolled with it and was all aboard that train. And then he took the reins and it's just been, it's been really fun to, um, see everybody come together, uh, whether it's on the forum or everybody knows the granddaddy has a group chat. Um, but like F letting everybody know, like expect expectations throughout the year. Like I, when you joined, I said how important it was that we, uh, just are comfortable on our phones. And that's something I've been stressing like all season to everybody whenever somebody new joined. I like that. Uh, one of the things that was mentioned not too long ago is distance. I thought that was an interesting point for the guys that uh, you played in it and you played in it after dealing with some of the colder weather in your area. Yeah. What we typically do here in Ohio when it gets colder is we move up a half set of tees. So we go from the golds to the green gold combos because it just it takes a bit of that bite away. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think about that? Do you think that's a bad play? Should I tip it out? Well, I mean, December? we're not tipping at the hideaway, so I don't <laughs> think you need to. I just think as long as your swing is grooved, I don't think the distance really matters to someone like uh, you and your skill level. Oh, but, I settled down. Hey, buddy, you settled down. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this distance was talked about earlier today. And mm -hmm. uh, like somebody's playing at 6,200 yards for a tournament. Um, but the hideaway or the granddaddy hasn't played at 6,200 yards. So anything that isn't tournament related, I would, I would say keep the distance back. Uh, so you're comfortable 
with any kind of shots you have. No, I kind of like moving up. I I moved up and played with Cal, my son, on Friday, and um, yeah, had quite a few wedges into the greens. It was a lot of fun. I like that. I like that kind of golf. I mean, yeah, that'd be that'd be cool to do at all times, wouldn't it? <laughs> a little pitch and putt. But yeah, I hit two drivers and they both went really far. I was like, what what is going on here? How'd that happen? Because <laughs> <laughs> you had Cal with you. He's a good luck charm. Honestly, man, if I could bring him with me, I think he would especially if he played in my foursome. The idea of getting beat by your kid is so much more terrifying than like a J Rod or a family. <laughs> like like I, I would get beat 10 times by those goofballs before getting beat by my kid. I don't know what it is about it. Like my dad's on, uh, he's on the clock. He's been warned. Like you better either get lessons or get better in the next year or maybe less. <laughs> Cause Cal is coming for you. It's been an interesting experience. Yeah. He's pushing me forward. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> well, I, I can't wait to do this granddaddy thing. I, I suspect that some of the guys will want to get on the show here and talk a little bit about their world, but I have some other ideas. So we'll see if we can, we can put something else together as well, because it is a big team. And uh, the last thing I want to do is just bring Josh on a bunch of times to talk about everyone else. So (laughs) (laughs) he doesn't have time to do that, man. No, he doesn't. He's actually out in California right now. And uh, he'll be in um, what Indiana, I believe next week. It's, it's kind of crazy. I don't. I don't know how he does it. I'm glad it's him and not me. That's what I do exactly, now. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how he does it either. Well, there's uh, obviously we could talk all day long up and down about the granddaddy. I, I I definitely would be interested to talk about Apex Irons because I think they're super curious. But uh, there's a couple of conversations I think we need to have just because you're on the show. Uh, if anyone's just on the I'm on the show. Yeah. All right. Yeah, because if anyone's on the forum, they'd be absolutely devastated if I didn't talk to you a little bit about joggers um, <laughs> and the value that they have in golf. So the the first question I have to you is: Are joggers pants or pants joggers, or are they their individual category? God, you're putting me right on the spot. That's the goal. Yeah, that's what we do here. Yeah, uh, I think they're their own category. Okay, because that's what yeah. I said. Someone someone mentioned like, oh, you can't wear joggers and pants and they kind of like paired them together i said no 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 they're they're not pants they're joggers that's the way we call them joggers <laughs> god people are just gonna tune out of this episode now you think so i <laughs> i think they're very curious to know what you think especially if i throw a couple barbs in there i don't know because you've been kind of all in on joggers right oh I, yeah ever since because i wore i wore them at the granddaddy in 21 yeah so yeah, I've, I've been I've been in on joggers for quite a while now. So I said something a, a couple of weeks ago, or maybe last week, or something that you kind of you honed in on. I I mentioned that I've tried to make the transition to joggers because of uh, especially during the the winter months here, where it gets really soft and muddy out there. I actually like having them because there's less pant leg to drag, so you get significantly less muddy as you walk. I think that's a, a huge value to them. But what I've really started to like is some of the more tapered pants that are uh, quite narrow at the the base of the pant. I think I prefer that look. Yeah, I don't know why. And you you suggested that maybe you were starting to come around at that idea. I I think I absolutely am. Um, I think the issue I always had was like you said, just the pants not not dragging because I wasn't wearing like baggy pants, but just everything getting dirty um having joggers like you said eliminated that but i recently got a couple pairs that actually show up tomorrow for me 
um, and they are the tapered leg, not, not that like elastic bottom that everybody mm -hmm. assumes a jogger is. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty excited to see what the tapered leg look does for my style. Your style. I like that. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Joggers. I mean, they, they work for a lot of people. I don't like the ones that sort of look like a turtleneck on the bottom, you know, like the extended cuff. I prefer the ones that have a little bit of a tightened cuff, but it's not like parachute above it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and when you when you reference joggers on the forum, everybody's like, oh, why would I want to wear pajamas or sweatpants? I'm like, have you seen what golf joggers actually look like? Uh, I think golf fashion has a surprisingly difficult time running through regular golfers. Uh, I, I was at uh, the course tonight and I'm not going to put any names on anyone, but it's the time of year here where the older guys start to wear their you know, pants or outerwear, if you will. Mm -hmm. and, and I think it's hilarious because when I went through high school, I wore these unbelievably baggy pants. Like I re specifically remember trying to get the baggiest pants I could possibly get. And that was just the style back then. And and I, I remember getting absolutely picked on by all my, you know, uh, my let's say my dad's friends like his generation that uh yeah, that yeah, generation yeah. and now i look at it and i'm like i've got these nice tight pants on and these all these older gentlemen have these like baggy khakis that i wouldn't be caught dead in it's like it's so <laughs> funny how it like it bounces back and forth and now if you look at uh some of the fashion out there like these bell-bottom looking baggy pants are coming back uh women women's pants look like they've been uh steve urkeled on them which i think is absolutely ridiculous like it, it's so funny to me how the fashion goes back and forth when all i want is something that doesn't i don't have to uh, immediately drop in the washer after wringing out once i get home <laughs> i mean that that's what you want right now yeah well you, that's right um who knows what it's gonna look like in 20 years but yeah it just it cracks me up because i see that happen uh, and, and golf seems to be like, it seems to chase fashion. You know what I mean? Like it's defined and then people adapt and then eventually golf catches on. Yeah. <laughs> Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. Because just being in Montana, that that's what happens like fashion, regardless of golf, that's what happens here. Like you, you see, uh, like TV shows and magazines and stuff like that. And everybody's like, oh, that looks stupid. And then three or four years later, Montana adopts so, it and shit. Is Montana just now getting the blade collars or what? Oh, even we're <laughs> avoiding those. Even we're avoiding those. Oh, man. So, <clears throat> yeah. I wonder if we, based on the fact that we've seen a lot of companies come out and do their own apparel lines for golf, like it's not necessarily the Adidas, Nike, Puma, Under Armour, like those typical groups aren't necessarily leading the charge at this point in golf. The, I mean, I'm sure they, they make the most and sell the most, but there's so many other companies coming out and saying like, we can do this as well. We can do it slightly better. We push the envelope when it comes to quality and material. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering if golf catches up a little bit more because there is that understanding that they're trying to maintain that, uh, that sort of in the now look, what do you think? I'd, I'd say so. I, I think, uh, everybody who's not like the Nike or the Under Armour or the Adidas, uh, they're not carving out an, a, a spot because they already have it because they dove right in and made 
awesome stuff like stitch you had stitch on a while ago didn't you mm -hmm. sure did and and their entire thing was the quality of materials that they used mm -hmm. and you're seeing everybody do that i mean i know peter millar's not brand new grayson's not brand new uh stitch isn't brand new but the quality of materials that they use obviously uh elevates them above those standard performers like nike or adidas or under armor to people yeah so i, I mean i see them pushing on like uh i'll give you an example when adidas came out with the ultimate shorts and pants but it was like one of the very first stretchy pants in golf or stretchy shorts in golf the quality of that material is so much better than a lot of the others that i believe whomever is stocking my pro shop at the time brought in nike pants to compare them to not to sell them <laughs> it, was, it was like an understanding that if he put the nike pants beside them and they felt them both he would sell three pairs of the adidas and no pairs of the Nikes, and that would work out really well because you get to see the quality of the material. Right. But now you see, like, uh, I think of Cloudspun, for example, from Puma. Like that, that sort of set the tone of what what is possible for that type of material, and it pushes everyone forward. But now we have these, you know, more material focused companies, and not to say that Puma is not, but they they have such a broad spectrum they work under. Right, it has to mm -hmm. work for a lot of their different. Uh, avenues whereas these companies are coming out like hey we're a golf apparel company uh we're going to focus on these certain things that we believe work and and i'm wondering if they just close the gap because i'm finding i'm finding it very enjoyable to have those additional options i might not i might not be a rowback guy but i'm certainly like a straight down guy or a um a peter millar guy and and the quality of all of them kind of push each other forward i think yeah absolutely and I think you kind of have to at the prices that they release their stuff at. Yeah. Uh, I'm also a big fan of sales. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So was the forum. Peter Millar had like, I don't remember what kind of sale it was, but we, it felt like the forum bought almost their entire inventory of polos. Yeah. I specifically remember that because I bought some stuff and then brought the coupon code and like, uh, Hey, this, they're having a sale. Here's the coupon for it. <laughs> to make sure i got my stuff in yeah first. you had to be first in line summer comfort man it's a, it's a great shirt it fits nicely and it, it's just I, I like the idea that golf is being pushed forward a little bit from a fashion stance and and it's not like it wasn't there like we had um we had original penguin on earlier in the year and she was yep. talking about like how yep. long they've been in golf and how long they've been relevant to the actual polo itself so it's not like it it isn't there it, it's just i feel like everyone's pushing everyone to get better which is yeah, super cool. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that was a fun. How do we get from joggers to that? That was neat. Because joggers are high quality <laughs> articles of clothing. Okay. Are, are joggers making a comeback at the 2023 granddaddy? Oh, absolutely. Probably not by the team, but by me. Have you? Have you? Because again, I've only been there for like a week. Have, have you pushed it at all? Like, let's come on. Let's where's the team chemistry? No, I told people I wouldn't I wouldn't push that or require that or anything. Matt's tried to uh, be on board with it, but everybody shoots us down real quick. OK, it, I bet at least one guy in the team at one point suggested kilts. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of stuff has been suggested for the team. I've had oh, a few things. You know, I'm glad you're here. I'm really glad you're here. Hey, thanks, buddy. I'm glad you're here. 
<laughs> I I can't wait. Honestly, I'm so excited. I, I think one of the most fun conversations is that point where they're like, hey, you need to bring your own clubs or hey, you're all set on your clubs because it's like twofold. Um, if you're not familiar with the granddaddy, which I mean, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not, then definitely go check it out because it's one of the most ridiculous things that an amateur can do in golf. We get fit for a full set of clubs and then we go play against Callaway with them. Uh, in some years, depending on release cycles, they'll get fit on things that aren't quite released yet, which is pretty wild. So they see it before everyone else does. And then in others, they actually get it on the spot and play with it. So that's always the exciting conversation is do we put these clubs in play or are we going to see things that no one's seen before and we don't even know what to get excited about yet because no one's seen it? Yeah, it's it's pretty unreal. Yeah, that was brought up the other day. I was like, man, could you imagine having to pick between one of those horrible things to deal with? (laughs) (laughs) Tough life. Yeah, I love it. Um, Yeah, so I I think that's one of the things I'm really excited to see is are we going to get some of the crazy new new or are we going to get like get to play some of these things that have been like super successful? Um, I played Paradigm all year, the driver. I think it's awesome. I I think it's one of the best sounding drivers ever made. Uh, yes, I know sir. everyone's different, but uh, I'm a little bit invested in that sound at this point. the the new um, The new Apex Pro series looks absolutely nuts. What do you think I'm going to fit into? You think CBs? I think you could be CB MB combo, but I think you'll be straight CBs. Really? Yeah. Maybe throw a couple pros in at the top. I think you would really enjoy some pros at the top, especially a four iron or something. Yeah. So I, I was reading up a lot about their um, the offset in those things, and it seems like they really, really were generous about not incorporating offset because it's more of a player profile. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious about that because that usually, I know people, a lot of people are afraid of offset. I love it. I, I have no problem looking at offset. So I'm curious to know if that like pushes me more toward the pro side of it because it has more offset. Mm-hmm. As opposed to more toward the MB, which I mean, MBs are scary. Who are we talking to? <laughs> um, I mean, James, J-Man has been reviewing the heck out of the pros while he's been waiting for his CBs. And they sound like they are one of the most incredible sets of irons I've ever heard. Yeah. Um, he also mentioned today, at least to me individually, that he is, uh, I, I wish I had the word uh, impeccable, I think he used to describe the CBs. Uh, yeah. he's, he's also a massive shill for no offset, so... <laughs> <laughs> you can quote me on that too <laughs> i'm sure you know, you know what would be a, a fun thing to talk about a little bit would be slow play slope oh boy okay <laughs> uh, so it's always brought up that the events are a problem scrambles are a problem you see slow play discussed in just about every pro shop or uh after round bar you you go to what's the slow play or what's the play speed like in montana uh so i don't get to play a lot of like country club kind of places it's all public uh so pace is not something people are super worried about how fast they're going uh i think there was a a post or something about uh it's really not cool that people only care about how they're doing and not how everybody else is doing on the course behind them. So that's kind of the norm around here. It seems. Okay. It's not, you sound, you sound emotionally compromised when talking about slow play. I mean, when it's 
the only kind of golf I get to play unless I go out early. Yeah, it affects me. Do you think there's one thing about slow play that people are most guilty of? Uh, not driving properly when they're in carts. So like they, they all go to the same ball. All go to the same ball. You see it all the time with the old people when they play in. Okay. I'm not going to put old people in a basket because everybody does this, but I play early enough that I'm behind enough of the older fellas out there. And they all, they all drive to one ball, watch somebody hit. And then they all drive to the next ball, watch somebody hit. And then so on. And meanwhile, we're four walkers behind them on their ass the entire round. <laughs> so, okay. The, the group collaboration is definitely strong. These older gentlemen in Montana is what you're saying. I mean, I'd say it's everywhere, but I see it in Montana. <laughs> Listen, I'm just trying to get 49 other states to not hate you right now. <laughs> I said older gentlemen. I didn't say <laughs> all the states everybody knows uh, what i'm talking about yeah so i think my favorite one so my problem is chris is most of the time when something happens on the golf course that i i'm not a big fan of or i think needs to stop i typically just start laughing at it um my son in particular gets really mad at me when he starts getting upset and i start giggling because <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just you know going the opposite side but one of the things that uh that that I think it's so funny is when someone goes and tees the ball up and takes a practice swing and then looks back and starts having a conversation with you <laughs> at, at that point, I just can't stop, but laugh. <laughs> Do you ever get that? Oh God. I all the time, especially when you're paired with, uh, randoms. Like, yeah. So go you ahead. Go. Okay. So my thing is usually I let them have their moment and ask the question or whatever. And then usually my comment is, hey, I'll let you know as soon as you hit your ball. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of keeping the conversation going. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's always baffled me because I I've said, and, and this is, again, something I've worked with my son about, like, just give me a 10 solid seconds once I've looked at my ball to take a practice swing and hit my ball. Give me 10 to 15 seconds. That's all I need. And then as soon as I'm out of that mode, you can say whatever you want to me and I'll, and I'll be right back into, yeah. and I'm here in present. And, th and that goes for anyone I'm playing with. I, I can't imagine being so disconnected from what I'm trying to accomplish, which is get tiny ball into tiny hole that, uh, I would be able to focus my energy on other things while trying to do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so usually when it happens, I just start giggling. Do you, do you giggle? when it's people you don't know, even though I know you, I know you're a, you know, a lot of people at your club, but when you play other places and you see something like that, how does that, what does that do to you? Um, so usually when I'm not at my home course, I'm usually playing with TH peers and yes, I will definitely giggle when it's happening <laughs> because you know, TH peers have sort of a known issue with pace of play. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, building up the uh, stereotype that we have, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it's, it's funny because, what THP has taught me over the years is definitely that social side of golf that uh, that I'd lacked for the first you know ten years, twenty years of playing. I, I was so focused on being good at it that I didn't realize there was more to it than that. Mm -hmm. So what, what THP is definitely leans on that side of it, and I, and I love that golfers don't take it that seriously where they can do that. 
uh, I think what a lot of people don't realize is that they they need those 20 second windows to just really narrow it in. Yeah, and if they're playing. If they're playing with me. Typically, they realize by about the second hole that I'm not really interested in what they have to say when they <laughs> turn ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I started a thread on THP talking about uh, the sort of stereotypes of slow play, and I started naming off all these goofballs that uh, that do that. Um, I think Mr. Spotlight was one of my favorite ones. The guy who he will not do anything, anything at all to prepare for a shot until everyone else is hit. And it's now his turn. His turn. Yeah. Once everyone's watching him, then he's going to go and get a yardage or he's going to line <laughs> up his putt. It's, it's, I don't know. If it's like, they're worried that we think they're cheating. So we need to see it all happen, unfold in real time or whatever. Um, but I, I don't know, dude, I, I I don't want to say it's contagious, but I also think I am so desperately invested in moving play forward that I I tend to like, especially if I'm in my own cart or even walking, like I will walk to the side and move forward and be like, can you hit now? Cause I'd like to keep this going here. Yeah. Yeah. I totally understand that. I'm just still hung up on your name for that guy. Mr. Spotlight, (laughs) Mr. Spotlight. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I had some good ones in there. Yeah, someone someone had made a comment about how I was like doing the checklist and turned it into Mister you know, the stereotypes. I was like, yeah, but it just seemed a lot more fun if I could name them all. It's great. <laughs> That's a, a high class name right there. <laughs> oh, gotta love slow play. Uh, if you guys are listening and laughing and and uh, hopefully not feeling too personally attacked by these these commentaries that we're providing to you we're definitely gonna have a conversation starting on friday on the thp forum uh go sign up and and have a chat with us let us know what you think or whether slow play is the worst thing ever uh i think both things are true but uh either way we'll definitely have a chat going on with that um i I had another thing that i wanted to talk to you about which hopefully just makes you giggle because that's usually the goal here is to get you laughing so uh I had an idea and it stemmed off of quite a few guys talking about uh, online dating. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. so my thought was, are we advanced enough technologically and conditionally in this online world where we can accept that uh interaction in this sort of space of like find a friend type of thing doesn't necessarily mean it's a date you know what i mean like is the stigma gone enough to where online dating is there but we can also do like a find your foursome app type of thing where you know local single golfers go and try to meet like-minded individuals to play golf with and definitely not go to dinner later Thank God you added that last part because you were pitching it as a way like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Your mind went straight to it. All I'm trying to do is make uh, room for more homies, you know, and and you're talking about going on dates and stuff. I mean, I, I think you could. I, I think a lot of talking specifically about golf and not dating, even though they what I'm going to say kind of relates. <laughs> yeah, is that you got to hit it off, dude. You don't want to match with somebody who you think oh yeah, they look cool. And then they're just a total downer whenever you're playing with them. And then once you meet them, you're kind of expected, oh, we should do this again. It's it's tough. It's (laughs) It's tough, man. Super awkward. Uh, And it rarely works out in a way that's favorable. So I was thinking like, you know, we get this online app going where people can put like, 
what kind of golfer there, whether they take the game seriously, whether they want to play a money game, whether they have two balls in their pockets at all time when you're not looking, they put the second one down and don't admit <laughs> to it. You know, that kind of stuff where, uh, and then you can even have like, uh, I don't know, like, uh, I was going to say a rating system. That's really cruel. No, definitely not. I, I, yeah. I don't know. Th- th- there's so much room for this. I, I think the selling point was the idea on namings. I really liked life Cartner. Uh, life Cartner is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I, there were some good ones on there. I'm curious to know anyone listening, thinking of better ideas and, and or coding knowledge to actually make this uh, a real thing. I, I feel like THPers do it in, in a bit of a way because they say a lot of times in the local gatherings will be like, Hey, I'm going to this city. Does anyone want to play some golf? But you know, golf is such a broad thing. And I feel like with how popular it's become, getting those tee times become a bit more challenging and it, it benefits both the golfer and the golf course to have more foursomes as opposed to, uh, you know, singles added on to pairings where you don't really gel. Like I would hate it if you got paired with a three, some of those old dudes in Montana who, you know, gaggle around the golf balls and then move to the next ball. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Pure pain for you. But if you could go find some like-minded humans, who uh who have nice flowing locks and and rip balls and are left-handed and all that nonsense you know could be good things so let me try to poke a hole in this you don't you you. don't think again i'm bringing it back to dating because that's how you started it but you don't think that people would put down what they think other people want to hear like like you said uh they're i don't know what you describe but you don't think that would be uh (laughs) You don't think that would be something people do? Oh, I think it, and I know it. But you know what? That's not my problem. I'm an idea man. I'm not a referee. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you're just you're spitting ideas out. Yeah, dude. Why not? I I like the idea. Yeah, uh, I've I've yet to hear a good argument against it, other than the nose curling gonna turn it up because this is not Tinder or something like that or Hinge or whatever. All respect to those apps. I'm sure they're wonderful. <laughs> They're not wonderful. <laughs> Before Listen, I met my wife, I was on those and they were just an awful place. Yeah, I bet you wouldn't have if they had a golf foursome app you could have joined. It would be way more fulfilling. Yeah, let's say that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, I, I didn't sell Chris, but maybe you guys can uh, buy into the story a little bit more and talk to me about it. Um, there's a couple other things I wanted to mention, and we're we're already running out of time. I feel like this happened last time. We we had lots of good chats and then it was already over. I mean, last time I did ask to talk about joggers next time I was on the show and we got to that. So I'm, I'm a happy camper. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the man clearly has purchased stock and joggers. I don't know how you do that, but uh, <laughs> pants that are no longer than uh, ankle length. Uh, I do know it's aeration season here, which kind of sucks. Uh, makes me wonder whether I should post my mediocre scores as the Planko board takes over. Uh, I put that up there. Everyone said yes. While I was at there last time watching the ball bounce away from the cup, we were having a good laugh about the, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a nice way to get started on a bad handicap for 2024. <laughs> I can't stand playing on aerated greens. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my first move and this will surprise absolutely no one. My first move when after the aerated was. What's that? I put a mallet in the bag. <laughs> oh, just so you could see. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. You know, the sad part is I actually made some putts with it. So, yeah. I've but, watched you play with a mallet. You don't putt bad with it, but I don't that's putt super bad, bad with it. Yeah. Was, it was just, it was unreal. 
there's a different tier. Yeah. Um, I have one final thing I want to talk about. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. And it, it came up today because I saw a really interesting collaboration between TaylorMade and Red Bull. And I thought immediately that the, I think it's more like Red Bull Racing or whatever, Oracle. And and the presentation was awesome. It looks great. It, I saw the driver and I immediately took it to THP. Um, people were kind of weirded out by the idea of collaborating with something like a non-golf brand. You know what I mean? So yeah, you know, we've seen plenty of good collaborations between like, let's say, for example, uh, Puma and Arnold Palmer. I think it's a, an awesome one. Um, but I feel like it's a little bit more of a stretch to go away from golf and make that connection. What do you think there? I mean, I can see what people are saying on the Red Bull and TaylorMade one. Um, another one that also came up on the forum today was Adidas and I don't know how you say it. B-A-P-E. I think it's vape. Like with a V? Yeah, I think so. Even it's though it has a B. It's a bathing ape, yeah. Oh, okay. I think well, yeah, anyway, that one. Uh, personally, I don't think that one hits. But I don't see any issue um, throwing stuff on drivers just for fun. But making an entire clothing line with a brand that isn't golf specific, I think is a lot harder. So it's Adidas, right? That did it? Adidas, <clears throat> yeah. Well, to start, the shoes looked insane no matter what they had on them. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you don't think the the brand that was collaborating had a say in how those looked? I don't really know. I, I would assume in a lot of ways, yes. But that, I think, is such a crazy departure that I think it's worth talking about almost separately because you're taking golf and style from outside of golf and trying to incorporate the two. Yeah. So just because it has golf spikes doesn't make it a golf shoe is what I'm kind of trying to say. Just because it has belt loops doesn't make it golf pants, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Um well, I say the same thing about blade collars. Like just because you say this is Nike golf doesn't mean I have to accept it as a, as a polo polos have curls in the collar. It's, you know, that I, I think w what you're bridging the gap there is in style. And I think golf inherently has a specific style that it, it's hard to accept once you go so far away from it and lean into some other form of style. So I guess it's like street wears the, what the, the, origination of a bathing ape is uh okay. i'm not super familiar with it uh obviously <laughs> uh, but I, I think that's a bigger stretch because you're taking something so i would assume in that case someone who's a big fan of that brand gets to now wear that type of stuff to the golf course which is sort of stretching the lines whereas i i think in in a lot of ways with the driver or something like that uh, you're using the same product. It just has, um, it has the presentation of something else you love. So let's say if uh, Callaway came out with the the uh, new Paradigm driver and it it looked like uh, there was a bunch of bat signals on the bottom, like you know, I'm in for the record. I'm totally in. <laughs> but you know, drawing those comparisons, it, it's just a bit of a step away, and I think people get rattled by it because it's a very limited concept, but they don't realize there's massive followings for something like Red Bull racing. I mean, 
huge following for F1. Yeah, I, I, I get that. And, and going back to that Adidas one, I want to come back at you and say, uh, did you see the Nike and Travis Scott collaboration with his golf shoes that he put out recently? I did. Yeah. I actually tried to hit on that on <laughs> failed miserably for see, but, but look at that though. Like Travis Scott, he's not known to the majority of the world as a golfer, but, but that's something he put out that I feel like was done really well because it, it didn't try to be too, like it didn't try to separate itself too much from golf, like whatever these Adidas. So it's interesting that you say that because I mean, dunks and, and Jordans are a step away from golf. Uh, Traditionally speaking, they're a step away from golf. So there's this willingness to embrace that that is a part of golf. Like some of these other uh, Jordan shoes that are being, given golf spikes are very much not golf shoes, but there's a willingness to accept it because for whatever reason it, it, it works. Right. Yeah. People are so into Jordans on the course. Yeah. But then Jordan has the, what is it? The 84s or whatever it's called, which are very golf centric. They, they have that, uh, that saddle based look that is very classy. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a, a sort of mix of the two, but there, you have to be willing to say that these golf shoes that look like, shoes that you go into a basketball court and play are a part of the golf culture now. Yeah. And so there's a willingness to make that stretch. Whereas you're seeing something else and you're like, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. (laughs) Which I get, I mean, it's, it's camouflage streetwear. It's, it's a hard thing to, to draw that or close that gap, I would say. Yeah. And I, I think that's really personal. Like I, I'm sure a bunch of people like that Adidas collab and, didn't like the Travis Scott one or vice versa. It's, it's all, it's all what you think like me, I think joggers belong in golf. A bunch (laughs) of other people don't. So I don't know. At least they're not overalls. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, Is there a brand or something that you would immediately flock to? Like, let's say uh, paradigm had X company or X, whatever, come to them and, and want to create a driver would that be appealing to you and if it would be what would that brand be i don't necessarily know what the brand would be that that's a tough one off the top of my head um maybe i can bring that to the thread when this comes out mm-hmm. um but i don't know if i necessarily want it on clubs that that's that's a bit of a stretch to me like i would be all about callaway putting x company like maybe on their on that paradigm collab head cover like make a sick head cover out of it not don't put it all over the driver well this is it and it goes back to this willingness and this comfort zone thing right yeah because that you've seen that crossover in head covers already you've seen that right those collaborations so it's 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 no longer breaching that mold uh, i i have an, an, an alternative there which i think is pretty interesting I, I thought a lot about this this afternoon let's say um the new denali's from project x let's say they change the denali script to be like the coca-cola script and put right denali on it and it made it look like a diet coke i would 100 percent buy that golf shaft that's so wicked, sick. right that'd be pretty cool so you have this like intentional visual collaboration but 
it's not really impacting everything else. But because I'm such a fan of Diet Coke or like Monster, whatever, like something like that, um, your favorite sports team, whatever it might be, that they, they, they have these unique scripts that they use. I mean, is it almost more acceptable on something like a shaft than it would be on, let's say, a driver head? I would say so because you can regardless of if you use that shaft or not, you can display that shaft pretty easily compared to something like a driver head or, he or show really it says this folks, because things. he's got eight shafts on his wall behind him. He doesn't realize that that's actually not the easiest thing to showcase. <laughs> hey, come on. <laughs> yeah. I, I was trying to think of good quality applications to golf products. I would say, of all the products, I would think putters would be the thing that we're most comfortable with at this point, followed by drivers, because mm-hmm. we've seen some of those uh, connections made. Uh, but I don't know, man. I could see a lot of Yankees fans being really big fans of super subtle, hard-to-see Yankees uh, logos in the top of their Paradigm Driver or the top of their you know TSR3 or whatever it is. I, I think that could happen. See, yeah, I think that's why it, it it could work is it's subtle that you know it's there. So you know you have a Yankees driver, but if somebody's like looking at you like right next to you on the driving range, they might not necessarily know that. So that's effectively what they did for the Red Bull driver is that it's on the bottom. And right. Then you put it on the other side. It's just a really sick matte, the very Red Bull blue, which mm-hmm. of course is a perfect blue. Any blue is a good blue, but it's a heck Canadian of a blue. blue. Yeah, <laughs> trademarked long before paradise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a it's a fun conversation. I, I, I'm debating on how far I would go with what I would have. Like, I'm not about to put Naruto on the bottom of my driver, but no one's going to get that except for you and yeah, I probably know. Grant. <laughs> I'll give you. Be but I don't know, man. I, I could see, you know, Toronto Maple Leafs, Toronto Blue Jays, something wicked like that. It'd be hard to say no if I saw it. Yeah. I think it would be hard to say no. Would you pay a uh, premium for it? No, absolutely not. Because it's the same thing, right? Right. That's the challenge. And and that's the other hard part that people always talk about is you have a product. What happens after that? Are you going to wait seven months to hope that a collaboration happens? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably not. And now you have this you know, $600, $700 driver that uh, you've used all year. And there's a new one that's everything you wanted but you're not going to buy it. That's, that's a, an interesting conversation for another show. Yeah, I'd say so. My guy, I can't wait to see you in December. I'm so pumped, dude. It's going to be so days. much fun. Is it really 48 days? I got to get better at golf. That's what somebody <laughs> said on the forum today. I think 48 days. Oh God. That's dating when we're doing this. So it's what that's dating when we're doing. Oh, the- you, you got me thinking about my app again. <laughs> Do you have any questions for me today, buddy? I didn't plan any this time. Okay. So that's a maybe. Uh you're just trying to get on again? No, yeah, sure. Let's let's say that. <laughs> let's say that. Well, I hope you guys have fun listening in. I had some really cool conversations. Granddaddy's coming up. It's gonna be a ridiculous time. I can't wait to uh just be a small part in bringing that to the forum. I hope anyone who's uh anyone's thinking about following along is ready to just have a super good time. I think we had some really fun chats about joggers and slow play and uh man my, my new uh investment in golf app, app apps uh, probably not gonna go well but uh i'll what's sync tenor- what's that what's oh, his name again? Li- life partner life partner okay i'll sink like 15 or 20 bucks and that'll be fine 
<laughs> Either way, thanks, buddy. I'm glad you came on. We had a, I had a lot of fun. Thanks for having me, buddy. <laughs> hey, if you guys are playing this weekend, uh, even if it's a little bit cold out there, have a great time. I, I'm more than likely to get two rounds in. And uh, I, I just really hope the wind plays along so I can get this driver swing dialed uh, and then boost my handicap because, you know, air rate agrees. Let's go. Either way, go. have fun. I'll see you guys next week. THP Radio on the Hackers Paradise Podcast Network, your number one source for all things golf. Subscribe on iTunes to never miss an episode.